On behalf of all the VBS leaders, I want to say a special thank you to the seniors that normally meet in here during worship time because you allowed us to, to come join you and, and take over and, and share with you what we've learned this week. And I have to tell you a couple of stories. I heard a couple of times this week, I overheard little kids as they're running by, we're going into the sanctuary. And some of them knew what that meant and others didn't. But it's so nice to have kids in the sanctuary worshiping with us, isn't it? We're so glad that you guys are here. I don't know if you saw in the back, but this whole section during our, our worship time this morning was up and, and praising God and dancing around, and we had our own personal worship leader right there. It was wonderful. So we're really glad that you're here. I think that um, every parent or, or grandparent probably has a story about some type of journey that they took, probably to school when they were a child, through some horrendous meteorological situation. Do you know what I'm talking about? All right, I heard it when I was growing up. You probably heard it. We walked through the snow. It was this high, uphill both ways, right? Barefoot, rattlesnakes, no jacket, right? I was born to uh, immigrant parents with very little means in Chicago, and I was born in, in the winter. And uh, my parents, after I was born, would drop me off at the church because the custodians there, as an elderly couple, would watch me during the day at the church while they were doing their duties, and they lived there. And um, so my mom still tells me the story of, of how every morning she would bundle me up, you know, whatever that meant, and put a jacket on me, and then she would put me on her back and then wrap me around her back and then put on her clothes and, and layer up and open the door into the snowdrift that was above the cars. And how she trekked through the cold winter snow in Chicago to the church to drop me off. As I grew older, we moved to Georgia, and um, once a month, we would go back and visit this, this grandmother that, um, that had moved to Georgia as well to, to spend the day with her. And so I don't remember the directions exactly, but we would, would drive through the Atlanta traffic, and then we'd turn off the paved road. And that's generally not a good thing. But um, we would turn off the paved road and, and go into this network of roads, dirt roads, and then we would see it. This oasis of green vegetation in neat rows. And we knew that we were at Grandma's house. We called her Grandma. And it was there that we would run around and play and, and have a great time and not worry about security looking nice in the red vest during vacation Bible school, and just run around like kids used to do. And um, as a kid, I loved baseball. I still do. And I, I loved the movie Field of Dreams. And um, she had just this whole section of tall corn, and, and I would walk through the corn pretending that I was in the movie Field of Dreams. 
because that's what kids do. But I didn't become a baseball player. And as I and I remember that whenever we went to visit her, when we opened the car door, there was a smell that I was not accustomed to, a smell that you don't smell in the city. She called it fertilizer. I called it chicken manure. But it was such a rich experience because whenever we went there, she would remind me that God loved me, that she had prayed for me and continues to pray for me. And when we would go home, she would send us home with bags of fresh fruits and vegetables from our garden. And as I look back, I recognize now that she, that grandmother, was an agent of God's love in my life. For the past week, we've had 175 of your young ones in our church running around having a great time in these great-looking red shirts. Luke, can you stand up for a second? Can you show them your red shirt? Yeah? These wonderful red shirts and looking all nice with their name tags that Luke's taken off for you. And they reminded me how we can learn about God's love through so many different ways. And we have so much to learn about God from our children. As I walked from station to station this week, and I saw the expressions on the kids' faces, the expressions, the smiles, the stares of contemplation, I realized that God was here with them. I have to tell you a story of, of a little boy who was just running around the campus having a time of his life. But he wasn't with his group. So I kept an eye on him. He was right out there on the lawn and, and um, just running around, have a good time, smile on his face, and then we made eye contact. And he stops and, you know, there's this twinkle in his eye and he has this big smile and he starts running over towards me. And so I, I bend down and he tugs on my pants and he says, Pastor Isaac, Pastor Isaac. Like, yeah, where's Miss Grace? I'm, I'm grateful for, for my wife, but not really what I wanted to hear. Later on in the evening, he... Um, this little kid at the end, we all come back in here for our closing session, and he was running around having the time of his life, again, not with his group, but his, his uh, youth leader that was with him, his, his youth staff member, was patiently waiting, patiently walking around, pursuing him, with a smile on her face, just waiting for him to come back. And it touched me because that is a picture of God. We see God in so many places, in so many ways, through our young ones. Our passage this morning is in Deuteronomy. If you want to turn there, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to Deuteronomy. We're going to be looking out of chapters 5 and 6, mainly in 6, we'll be doing our reading 
In chapter 5, we have the account of, of Moses and the Ten Commandments. And in chapter 6, we see how Moses is reminding his people about how to live. So he reaches into the account in the family box of, of keepsakes and he shows the ancient Israelites this image of God that pursued them and wants to invite them into a covenant relationship with him. Read with me in chapter 6 of Deuteronomy. We're going to be reading just a few verses, chapter 6, verses 4 through 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your strength. So even before he sets out anything for them to respond with, he offers them and invites them into a relationship with God. Then he goes on in, chapter, in verse 6 and he says, These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. He's telling them, if, if you're going to be in relationship with somebody, they've got to be close to you. It's got to be in your heart. And then he goes on in verse 7 and he says, Impress them, this teachings, these love of God, upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. I think that pretty much covers all of it. If you're sitting down and you're walking around and you're lying down, reminding them to take every opportunity to share God's love with the children. It's a simple reminder Moses reminds his people to not miss the main thing. First, it's a truth that needs to be believed that God is one. And the first thing to do is to love God with all your heart, he says. Now, as we discussed several months ago in our Ten Commandments series, for the ancient Israelites... Their word was as good as their deeds, and their deeds were as good as their word. Now, I don't know about you, but we might have something to learn from that. And this passage in Deuteronomy was so significant to the life of ancient Israel that they wrote it down on their phylacteries. These things that, if you don't know what they are, ask a kid that was at Pine Springs Ranch, they'll tell you. Right? These things where they wrote down special words of God and, and they wore it on their bodies. And they repeated it to themselves twice a day, if not more, because their words were as good as their deeds. And their deeds were as good as their word. And so we learn about our first response to an Old Testament God of grace. You heard me right. It's an Old Testament God of grace. We don't hear about it much, but it's a God of grace that brought the people of Israel 
out of Egypt. And Moses reminds them to not miss the main thing. Earlier this month, Grace and I went back east to visit my sister. She lives in Rochester, New York, and while we were there, we had the chance to visit one of the big tourist traps there, Niagara Falls. If you haven't been there, it's a wonderful, beautiful place to, be, to visit. And um, we did some research, and we found out that we needed to do this made-of-the-voyage thing, or made-of-the-mist tour. It's a boat ride that takes you on a loop. And so we had our little uh, sandals that we wore, and we had the blue poncho that they give us. And we get on this boat, and, and we're doing the tourist thing, you know? The video camera around your neck and the camera in your hand, and you know, everybody's kind of pushing and nudging around for their space along the rail of the boat. And we're just looking around, having a great time, and I turn, and I see this. This is on the boat towards the back. It's a glass enclosure, and, and he's supposed to be working, by the way. This guy's at Niagara Falls on a boat tour that other people are paying to see, and he's reading a book. I wanted to just go over there and slam on the glass case and say, dude, what are you doing? Don't you realize where you're at? Don't you realize how magnificent things are here? How blessed you are to experience something like this. Yet he just sits there reading a book. It's so easy in the course of day-to-day living to lose sight of what the main thing is. And as Moses was reminding the Israelites, that their existence revolved around God and loving him. He tells his leaders to remember to pass on that love for God to their children, to the next generation. John Westerhoff shares that for a faith community, or any community for that matter, to develop in a healthy way, you have to have three generations. And he says you have to have three generations because the development of identity and the development of a community happens when stories and traditions and memories are passed down from generation to generation. And I think if you look around right now, you will see that happening just right here in our midst. We at the Calamasa Church believe that our main thing is to love God and love people. And as parents and leaders of the children that we love, we have an awesome opportunity and an awesome privilege to model that for our children. If you were here this week, you would have noticed that there were flags representing each group, and then each group had leaders with all their kids lined up in their row. And it was fascinating to see on the days that the leaders stood up for the songs, the kids were standing. No one told them to stand. They just did it. And then we said, 
okay, in our debrief, we said, okay, maybe the little ones that can't see in the back because everybody else is standing, um, the leaders will just sit and let the kids just stand, right? And we noticed that night, everybody was sitting. And again, no one told them to sit. Kids are watching what we do. We have so much that we can learn about God from our kids, but the reverse is also true. So you might be wondering to yourself, Isaac, if the development of a healthy community is based on three generations, why are you only talking about the grandparents and the children? Well, it's because the third story, the third image is still being developed and we'll continue to develop it. I hear over and over again, even this week from our parents, I learn so much about God from my children. The reverse is also true. Our children are counting on us to provide them with a healthy third picture. A picture that as parents, you are on the front lines developing. Children need a picture of loving God and loving people that they can experience and they can believe in. Children need a picture of a community where following Jesus is not just about what Jesus can do for them, but what Jesus can do through them in the world that they live in. Our children need a community that offers them the opportunities to act as citizens of the kingdom of God wherever they are. But most importantly, our children need parents. Parents and other leaders that not only will love the Lord their God with all their hearts and all their mind and all their strength, but our children need parents to model that for their children. Pastor Ken started the series several weeks ago by saying that an image is worth a thousand words. But the image of a community where children learn to love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, and strength was worth the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus on Calvary. Which begs me to wonder this morning what that picture is worth to me. Go now, being holy examples of people that love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and might, that others may know him better. Amen. <laughs>